rejoice and we're glad in it. God, we thank you for everyone here in this place today. God, we ask that you have your way. Lord, those yet on the way, Lord God, we pray for them also. Lord, do what you want to do. Say what you want to say. Use the preacher, use Pastor Brown to bring your word with power. Use the singers, Lord God, to sing with your power. Use the musicians to play with your power. Father, we pray you have your way in the place today. Lord God, be glorified. We praise your name because your name is excellent. Oh Lord, oh Lord, how excellent is your name in all the earth. We come to give you praise. We enter into this place to give you thanksgiving. Thank you for our being here today. Thank you for making it possible for us to be to, here today. God, have your way. Lord, whatever is done, whatever is said, we're going to give you all the credit, all the praise, and all the glory. We pray that the lost will be saved. We pray that the saved will be encouraged and strengthened. Order our steps today in your word. Bless the service, Lord. Bless the service. And we'll be careful to give you all the credit, all the praise, and all the glory. For it's in the name of Jesus Christ. There's no other name given under heaven whereby a man or woman, boy or girl may be saved. We bless your name. We thank you. And we enter this place to praise you because you're worthy. You're worthy of all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. We thank you for hearing our prayers. Thank you for blessing our time. For it's in the name of Jesus the Christ we pray. Amen, amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory, glory. Good morning, Resurrection Shirts. This is the day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We are loving on Jesus because Jesus has been loving on us all week. If it had not been for the Lord on my side, I don't know where I would be. He's protected us over the highways and the byways and the airways and the bus and the train and the plane. Look, y'all just don't need to take that for granted because somebody didn't make it here today. Somebody thought they were going to get up when the alarm clock went off and they didn't hear the alarm clock go off. Somebody thought they were going to put their feet on the ground and stand up and they couldn't move. I am so glad for the movement of my limbs to be able to think and to speak yeah. and to praise. Don't take it for granted because you did not have to be here today. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. He forgave us of our sins. He crowned us with his loving kindness. He has healed our bodies. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul and all that is within me. Hallelujah. Just turn to your neighbor and say, I'm so glad to see your face in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How we thank God on behalf of our pastor, Ray D. Brown Sr. We welcome you 
on behalf of our executive, executive pastor, our staff, our leaders, our volunteers, our members, if you are here for the very first time, let me tell you something, you're special. You are special because we know you could have chosen any church to worship at today, but you chose resurrection. And we want you to know we appreciate you. We want you to text GUEST, G-U-E-S-T, at 830-689-8074. Give us a little information, and we have a devotional that we're going to send to you that you can use and enjoy. This is the first Sunday in August 2023. Eight months in. And we are officially in 41 years of ministry. I'm not through celebrating. I don't know about y'all, but I love my church. And I am looking forward to see what the next year is going to bring for us. We pray even now as our pastor is standing today. Hallelujah. Oh, we can do better than that. Our pastor is standing to preach today. I think we can do better than that. Our pastor is coming to the pulpit today. Try this one more time. Our pastor, Brady Brown Sr., is bringing the word of God to his church today. And we pray for him even now as God has been working with him over the week. He's starting a new series. I can't wait. And then we've got our amazing magnification ministry. We've got our amazing magnification ministry. We've got our amazing magnification ministry. And they're going to lead us higher. Oh, magnify the Lord with us. And let us exalt his name together. Can anybody be a witness with us that God is all you need? No matter what's going on, no matter what it looks like, God is all you need. Whatever the situation, he is all you need.
you have rescued our lives and we want to sing that to you this morning Lord we give you all the glory Lord we give you all the praise hallelujah
building. As we're surrendering to God. Can I get some old school saints to help me right here? Some real old school saints that say right here, oh, 
Make it personal. Me now, my Savior, I come. Oh, I need to do that part one more time. I know it's been a minute since I preached in my own church and if you don't mind me taking my time and just sharing a quick testimony I woke up this morning with my church. We sung songs like that.
Come on and give God some praise in the house today. Amen. Ushers, I know y'all. Ushers, greeters, I know y'all doing a wonderful job. Let's give them some love real, real quick. Listen. If you could squeeze somebody in, amen. Squeeze them in, amen. They coming in the house all over, the, amen. We're glad to see you. Those of you who are in the overflow, we praise God for you, amen. Um, we know that we're having some space issues. That's a good thing. Um, we're going to rectify that one way or the other, amen. Even if it means that we're going to have to go to another service, amen. Mm. I see. I see we got some folk already ready. Yeah, I've been waiting. Amen. We're going to have to start taking polls in churches. Amen. Amen. So here's what y'all can do. Here's what y'all can do. If y'all, if everybody tied, we could just build a whole new. Just got quiet just that quick. You know, we could build a whole new building if everybody tied, right? Mm -hmm. Keep looking straight. They, but you know, they don't know. They don't know it's you that's holding up progress. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Bow your heads with me. Let's go to God in prayer. Father, we are grateful and thankful to be in this house, in this sacred space, in this sacred place, to worship your sacred name. In this holy place with holy people, we serve a holy God. Your name is worthy to be praised. We worship you. It's all about you. All week long, Lord, we've toiled. And we've got to admit we've sinned and come short. We've done some stuff you told us not to do. We've said some things you told us not to say. We've been some places you told us not to go. We need new mercy for new mistakes. We pray, Lord, we, we mean this from the bottom of our hearts. We're collectively coming to you for forgiveness. We know that you're the God of another chance. We're not trying to take advantage of it, but we're just thankful that you've given us grace. And we've come to praise you for that grace. You didn't even withhold from us the good things. Gave us food to eat, gave us clothes on our backs, gave us shelter over our heads. Kept us healthy and kept us in our right minds. And for that we say thank you. Oh Lord, we thank you. Now Lord, we need a word from you. We don't hear from you. We won't know what to do. Bless your name. Let it be glorified. Bless your word. Let it be magnified. Bless your people. Let them be edified. Let the words of our mouth, the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, our strength, our redeemer. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the people said, amen. There is a word from the Lord. Before we begin... I want to tell you what a joy and privilege and honor it is to be able to share with you once again. I got jealous of all those guys coming up here. Y'all just acting like y'all ain't heard preaching before. I think I heard somebody say, oh, I never heard it like that. I'm like, I preached that text so many times. Amen. It's just able to be able to stand on this platform with you again. I preach a lot of places. I preach a lot of cities and states and out even out of the country, but there's no place like home. And um, I'm grateful. Amen. Hey, hey, there's somebody here who's not made this your home yet. I want to prophesy to you right now. God is speaking to you, sister. God is speaking to you, brother. I'm, I'm serious. God does not want you to date him. 
God wants a real relationship. After I get through preaching, you need to go ahead and just say, I confess with my mouth and I believe in my heart. This is the place God wants me to be. And I want to trust God that he's going to meet my needs here. Amen. I'm already accepting that I'm your pastor. Amen. And I am excited about you, our new member. Amen. Let's give God praise for those who have already joined the last two or three years. Um, we've had a lot of people to join even during the pandemic. Amen. And we thank God for each and every one of you. We're continuing this year celebrating 40 years. We're continuing that 40 years of ministry. And even on today, I'm glad to announce there is a word from the Lord. Travel with me to the textual territory that is Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3. And I want to read into your hearing verses 13 and 14 from the New Living Translation. Verses 13 and 14 from chapter 3 of Exodus. Let's listen now for a word from the Lord. But Moses protested, if I go to the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. The word of God for the people of God, all praise be to God. You may be seated. Before I get started, y'all know that there are some places you can't sit unless you're going to get a whole bunch of volume, okay? <laughs> Amen. I want to begin a new series entitled, I'm a Name Dropper. I'm a Name Dropper. I'm not going to ask you to repeat that, but I want to tag this text with this title. Put some respect on that name. <laughs> Look at your neighbor and say, put some respect on that name I've got a confession this series that's basically what it is my confession is I'm a name dropper but I don't drop names of celebrities athletes politicians I do have some names that throughout the course of my life you will hear me drop and over the next few weeks that's what I'm going to do I'm going to drop some names and here's why y'all Names are important. Place names often identify historical significance of geographical locations. For example, you probably know the name Philadelphia means the city of brotherly love. Los Angeles is the city of angels. Jerusalem is the city of peace. Current events in these cities may not reflect the meaning of their names, but nonetheless, names are significant. In a similar manner, people's name can offer insight into their identity. When a newly married person changes their surname to match that of their spouse, they are literally aligning themselves and their identity with the person that they love. Parents today often choose baby names because of the sound, not because of the significance. Often a nickname is added later that reflects that person's emerging character. If someone has the nickname Slim, you can pretty much be guaranteed that that person is slender. Yeah. 
If you know a guy who's dubbed by the nickname Heavy D, he's probably heavy. <laughs> Names are so important that parents will even avoid attaching some names to their children. For example, you won't see anybody naming their kids Hitler or Benedict Arnold because those names represent something that is so negative that no one would want to associate an innocent child with it. Names do matter. In fact, they matter so much that we will often feel dishonored or disrespected if someone calls us by something other than our name or fails to properly pronounce our name again and again or insist on calling us by our first name when the truth is they don't know me like that. I had to tell somebody the other day, my name is Ray, not Ray Ray. I've given my name out. Raymond, no, Ray. My mama named me Ray. My birth certificate says Ray. My passport says Ray. It's an insult when someone calls you something other than your name. And if you have a title when they call you by your first name and they don't know you like that. I can stay there right there, but I got to add this, that a person can have a name and yet not possess the qualities that's even associated with it. There are those who have named their children Michael Jordan, Kobe, or LeBron. And if that's you, don't raise your hand. But they do that hoping to somehow tap into the incredible basketball prowls of those giants. Some have named their children Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or Jeff Bezos in an attempt to associate with their innovation, creativity, and wealth. But does really having a person's name, having that person's name, a famous person's name transfer anything of any value? I think not. A child may bear a famous person's name, but that doesn't mean that that child will exhibit the qualities of that person. The name alone does not contain special power. Nomenclature does not necessarily equal substance. You can look that word up later. And yet, when a name is connected to the quality it represents, the result can be powerful. And so we shouldn't be surprised that from Genesis to Revelation, the scriptures proclaim the power of a name. Much of that has to do specifically with names assigned to God. Come here real quickly. I need you just to listen. Here it is. The writers of scripture assigned many names to God as their meaning of and understanding to God grew and evolved. One name cannot fully, accurately, completely describe God's majesty, mercy, and might. One name alone cannot fully tell us all we need to know who and what God is and, or, or what we would like to know about God. Across decades of ministry and life, I've personally become increasingly convinced that God longs for us to know God more fully. 
I believe that in my heart that God desires to be known for who God truly is. God wants each of us to come face to face with God's significance and substance because when we truly know God, we can authentically understand and experience the depth of God's goodness and grace. Our hearts are open to worshiping God and to serving God. And one of the ways we do that, y'all, is by learning, understanding, appreciating, and appropriating the names assigned to God throughout scripture can you come here for a moment knowing God's names are critical to our comprehension and application of the strength and victory that has come through God's multi-dimensional nature throughout scripture where whenever God revealed a new aspect of the divine character it's often accompanied by the revelation of a new name God has a name to meet the needs of any situation you may face in life. I could drop the mic right there. I could give the invitation. That's the whole message. That's the shouting point. If you don't shout nowhere else, that whatever our present situation is, God has a name that fits it. When God asked Moses to lead the Hebrews out of a difficult, desponding, and desperate situation. God empowered Moses by revealing one of God's names, and that's where we want to land today. Moses knew that he couldn't go to Pharaoh. He couldn't go to the Hebrews and the authority of his own name, and so he says to God, I am going to the people of Israel, and I will say to them, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. And they may say to me, what's his name? What shall I say to them? Moses needed to know God's name. He knew God's power and authority were attached to God's name. And it was at that point that God unveiled one of the great names of scripture. Here it is. God replied, I am who I am. Old preachers would say it like this, Bishop. They would say, in a literal sense, I was who I was, I is who I is, and I will be who I will be. God, the great I am, showed up in Egypt. I wish I could preach this better than y'all could hear it. Listen, the great I am, he showed up in Egypt to bring freedom to the captives and empower the, uh, uh, give them power over the enemies who sought to block and obstruct them from their destiny and that's what simply this series is all about y'all and I want to drop a few names in the hope that you will come to know God in ways that you have previously not my hope is that you will merely not learn just how to pronounce some of God's names but that you will understand and appropriate that name that relates to your particular situation here it is. I'll make it tweetable for you. This is the, another point. God's name is God's answer. Too simple? Oh. You ought to grab that because if you ask God a question and uh, ask him a question and one of his names is already the answer. Get it. Get it because God's name is like a key that unlocks the treasure God has in store for you. I ought to hear that tomorrow on the prayer line. You ought to lean right here into scripture because Proverbs 18 and 10 says, The name of the Lord 
is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are, I need somebody else who knows scripture besides my front row here. God's name alone is a fortified place offering freedom, security, and peace. Can I give you another one? Psalms 1, uh, 11 and 9, God has sent redemption to his people. God has ordained his covenant forever. Holy and awesome is his name. God is so awesome and amazing that God has a name for whatever you face. God's names communicate specific attributes and characteristics of God that can strengthen, empower, and uncover the privilege that comes with that name. If you step over into Psalms 8, it begins with a well-known and often quoted phrase, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. The names of God conveys God's intrinsic majesty and glory. God's name is glorious. That's my first teaching point. You ought to say that, look at your neighbor and say glorious. When the songwriter put pen to papyrus and wrote how majestic is your name, he doesn't really say, God, I know your name. Rather, he's just proclaiming your name is excellent. Your name is glorious because majestic means full of splendor and magnificence. And he follows it up with this, y'all. You have displayed your splendor above the heavens. You know, the James Webb Space Telescope is peering further into the universe than any telescope that preceded it. Reportedly, it can peer through dense galaxies and even observe the universe's first stars. According to two separate teams of astronauts, we can now see, y'all, listen, objects that show us exactly the way the galaxy looked 300 million years ago, 300 million years after the universe came into existence. As the telescope captures this ancient, well-traveled light, it becomes literally a time machine. Looking back 13 and a half billion years into a cosmic memory. The writer of Psalm 8 had no clue about a telescope. And yet he was wise enough in his observation, y'all, that he says, when I consider the heavens, the work of your fingers, and then he says, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, then he asked the question, what is man? That you take thought of him, or even the son of man, that you would even care for him. Essentially, the songwriter with unassisted eyes saw uh, looked up and was in awe of the splendor and immensity of God's creation. And when he rec recognized the majesty of God's name, he forgot about his own. Somebody walked in here today, you were proud about who you are. And you didn't forgot all about the reason why you came here. Look at your neighbor and say, it ain't about you. But see, listen what, what strikes this songwriter the most. Uh, what strikes me most, y'all, about this particular verse is that he chose to use the phrase, the work of your fingers. The use of human anatomy to describe 
God, y'all, is called anthropomorphism. Say it with me. No, don't say that. You can't, you can't pronounce it. Just Google it when you get a chance. Anthropomorphism. The author of the text ascribes human attributes to God. That's anthropomorphism. And he ascribes human aspects or elements or attributes to God to enable us to better comprehend some aspects of the character, nature, and operation of God. Since God is eternal and infinite and we are earthly and finite, God is invisible and tangible and intangible and we are visible and tangible. Those writers of scripture often wrote to describe God in human terms to give us the best picture of what God looked like and who God was knowing that no picture we paint in any way will ever do God justice. How could it? God is too terrific and tremendous that God's whole hand was not even required to make a whole universe. Y'all ain't even hearing me. Woo, somebody ought to shout right there. God made it all with his fingers. I've been driving down I-35 and 1604, I-10, everywhere, construction going around. But there's a whole lot of folk, they can't even work with their hands. They got all kind of machines and all kind of stuff that they're using. And, and it's going to take them years to get it done. God can just use his fingers and make a whole, y'all ain't even here. If God can make a universe with his fingers, what problem do you have that God cannot solve? This is going to bless somebody tomorrow. The writer of scripture tells us, y'all, that God, that God created the splendor and the majesty of the universe with his fingers. And when you see me pick up something, when, 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 when you and I pick up something, we usually grip it just like I'm gripping this microphone with our whole hands. And if I tell you I picked it up with my fingers, I'm telling you I didn't need to use my hand. And the writer is trying to convey to us, didn't know that 2,000 some plus years later somebody would be preaching that God created the splendor and beauty and the majesty all around us with his fingers. He's trying to emphasize that God didn't need to use his hands. God didn't need to use his arms. God didn't need to use his shoulders none of that that the vast incalculable immeasurable expanse of the universe was finger painting to God y'all ain't even hearing me God's finger painting is more glorious than any oil ever placed on any canvas and through emerging technology of the Hubble and Webb Web telescopes, we are able to gather a glimpse of God's creation. And even as we peer in those technological feats uh, and look backward across time and space, we are just getting a glimpse. And yet that glimpse alone is almost too much for us to fathom and decipher. Views that we see leave us speechless because after all, what do you say in the face of such majesty and beauty? The grandeur, splendor of creation, ushering ideas like that of the songwriter. No, no wonder he had to ask, what is man that you are mindful of him or the son of man that you care for him? New Testament, Jesus comes along Ah, and he says, uh, tells us that God often discloses his awesomeness and excellence and splendor 
to those who have childlike hearts. Matthew eleven twenty five. Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven, that you have hidden these things from the wise and intelligent and have revealed them to babes and infants. Some of y'all need to wake up because this, 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 this. Psalms 8 and 2 says, through the praise of children and infants, you have established a stronghold. Infants and babes, y'all, represent people who recognize their utter dependence on God. Some of y'all are too blessed. That's why coming to church is an option for some of us because, you know, we, we so blessed that it's all you know, our creature comforts. But, 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 but he says that, 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 that those who are not so impressed by their own wit and wisdom and wiles, they, 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 they can see God and the wonder of God. There are too many of us who are too impressed with ourselves. The majesty of God, y'all. It's reserved, hear me, hear, hear this. It's reserved for those who know enough to know they don't know much about anything at all. Can I bless somebody real quickly? It's reserved for, for those who know that they know, don't know much about anything at all, who know that they know that God is everything because to know God's name is to experience God's nature. And that level, y'all, of intimacy is reserved for those who humbly depend on Almighty God. No wonder when you raise your hands, that means I surrender. I got to take myself out of myself. I, I know it's an ugly praise, but I got to give God the ugliest praise I can get because y'all don't know how much he blessed me this past week. Yes, I got stuck in traffic, but I got through. Yes, I had some hard times, but here I am in church right now. Yes, I had this and I had that. But when I look at my good days, they outweigh my bad days. I can't complain. Somebody ought to shout. You can't get to know God's name until you get past your own. God's name is glorious. Put some respect on that name. That, that's the title that we're teaching, uh, of our teaching today. Put some respect on that name because God's name is glorious. Can I, can I say, stop trying to grab glory that belongs to God. You didn't pull yourself up by your own bootstraps. You had some help. You may not have known it, but look at those footprints. When you stop seeing two sets, that's because God was carrying you. Somebody ought to just shout because he carried me when I couldn't carry myself. Somebody prayed for me when I couldn't pray for myself. God dried, dried my tears. He, he calmed my fears. I'm not here because I'm that spiritual. I ain't here because I'm that holy. I ain't here because I'm that saved. I'm here because of the grace of a glorious God. Thank you. God's name is glorious. God's name is glorious. But God's name is holy. God's, that's, that's point number two. His name is holy. Say holy. We are to hollow. Say hollow. H-A-L-L-O-W. God's name and God's name alone is to be hollowed. Matthew 6 and 9, Jesus taught his disciples to pray, Our Father, who's in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
Your name is, the term hollow in the word holy come from the root word that means apart. Sanctified. Separated. Unique. Special. Different. Other. God's name is hollow. God's name is holy. And the word is born out of an English word that we call sacred. It means you're holding something in a unique position. Can I help you real quick? Because in our homes, we all have dishes. I know we use plastic and paper a lot, but let me just be practical for just a moment. Because some of us left home with dishes that are in the sink. We're going to call those struggling dishes. They're struggling because they're dirty. Some of you got dishes in the cabinet. We're going to call those common dishes because they're regularly used for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. But then you've got some sacred dishes. They're in a dining room. They, they're special. They're so special they got their own room. They're they so special they got a glass display cabinet. And nobody better touch them because they for special guests. Special, okay, y'all got, okay, I see what I'm working with on this side over here. Y'all must have built some other kind of homes over. Those dishes are holy. They set apart. They, 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 they're to be handled in a unique, a unique way. They're they special. And the same manner of God's name, y'all, his name is holy and hollow and set apart and held in a unique position. And that's why you got to put some respect on that name. Somebody ought to shout respect that name. You can't mix God's name with anybody else's. You can't have God's name in just any kind of conversation. You can't toss God's name out very lightly. God's name is holy. God's name is hollow. It's to be honored. It's to be respected. It's to be revered. It's to be glorified. It's to be reverenced. I don't even like to be called reverend. Some people call me that I'll just answer, but it, it, it really bothers me because I ain't trying to steal who really ought to be revered. I'm a preacher, I'm a pastor, but you don't, don't revere me because I'm just like you. In fact, some of y'all probably read the Bible more than I do. We just got quiet. Obviously, I'm wrong. I thought my church was studying to check and make sure I'm preaching right. But <laughs> if the president of the United States or the governor of Texas was to walk into a room where you work, you wouldn't just casually address them by their, by their first name, regardless of whatever political persuasion you are. Hear me, hear me, hear me well, because we, in a, we live in a world where folk are just, they don't know what civility is anymore. I don't have to disrespect you just because I disagree with you. And 
And it's a shame because most of the people who are doing it are called so-called Christians. Who are tossing God's name out lightly. But because of the position that they hold and demand, it, it demands a certain level of respect and recognition. The president walked up in here, you wouldn't say, what's up, Joe? What's happening, Greg? You would place the title in front of the name and speak that name with respect. And in the same way God's names are to be treated with more respect than we would show the president, the governor, or anyone else. We are to hollow not only the verbalization of God's names, but also the characteristics that it conveys. Exodus 20 and, and, and 7, it reflects the opposite of this through the first commandment. It says, you shall not take the name of your Lord God in vain. Okay, some of y'all don't know what taking God's name is in vain is, so I'm going to leave this with you. You're going to be convicted for the rest of your life. <laughs> taking God's name in vain is the opposite of holding it as holy or of hollowing it. The word vain means empty or without meaning. It describes something that has no substance. Using God's name in a way that is inconsistent with God's personhood, it's stripping away any value and substance that belongs to the name. And in this day that we live in, too many people strip God's name of its meaning. So I'm gonna help you out. They joke about God's name. Some even forge God's name. Don't miss that. Forgery is a crime. Forgery is, is the unauthorized use of a name. Y'all need to help me right here. It, it, it's appealing to the benefits and the provision and, and, and the power and the privilege that comes with a name without the permission or the authority to utilize the name. Preach, Pastor. And, and because many people today invoke the name of God without even having a relationship with God. They fail to give God the honor due God, but all the while accept the, and re to receive the blessings from God. And sometimes, y'all, we use God's name at the beginning of an event invocation I get called to do many of those I opened up city council meetings for downtown before they talk and sometimes here in shirts and other places other events even at ball games you're doing they still every now and then have invocations that's uh, using the name of God in the beginning of an event or at the end we, we we use God's name at the end of a program but somehow we leave him out entirely in between When God is not understood, valued, and respected, or appreciated for who God truly is, using God's name is identity theft. And don't get it twisted. God is fully aware of who God is. God is completely self-sufficient. God is immortal and immutable. God lacks nothing in the area of self-value and self-esteem. God is not confused about God's identity. God demands only that we recognize the value of who God truly is. God told Moses, I am the great I am. The great I am. God is who God is. 
and all glory and all honor and all credit and all praise belong to God. His name is holy, y'all. And throughout the revelation of God's names to us, God tells us who God is, not who we think God is or want God to be. God is the great I am that I am, not the great I am who you want me to be. Come here for just a moment. Let me pause because God, y'all need to understand, he is self-defining and will not be defined by anyone else. If you want to uncover and unleash the power of God in your life, you uh, got to know God's name as God chooses to reveal them because many people attempt to use God's name and yet their use is inconsistent with God's nature. That's why you, if you place your Bible, your hand on the Bible in a courtroom and swear to tell the truth. Raise your right hand, swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, and then you lie, you perjure yourself, because what you've essentially done is not consistent, it's inconsistent with the name and character that you have evoked. You've used God's name in vain. Can I show you real quickly how it started? Genesis 3. The serpent didn't have any problem bringing up God's name. I know y'all missed this. He raised it in the rhetorical as a question. Hadn't, didn't God say? God said. In fact, he knew he wouldn't have gotten the attention of Eve or Adam if he had completely left God out the discussion. Some people don't mind discussing God just to trap you. The, the, the serpent used God's name in vain. He used it for false pretenses. And from Genesis 2 and 4 through Genesis 3 and 1, God is referred to as the Lord God, Jehovah Elohim. And y'all know Elohim refers and re references God's creative powers. And Jehovah represents God's relational authority to mankind. Are y'all getting this? The adversary, the serpent, deviously omitted the name that refers to God's authority over humanity and just used simply the term God. That's because the goal was to use God's name for his purpose and not for God's. And you got to grab that because people do it all the time when they want to piggyback on celebrities' fame. People sometimes drop your name for their own selfish purposes. I meet people all the time. Yeah, I, I just bumped into one of your classmates. They said they know you. I said, what's their name? I said, I don't know that person. Well, they say they know you and you know them. I said, no, I don't know them. And they use my name sometimes to open up doors and stuff. Most, most of us have read the pithy quote, uh, 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 be the change you want to see in the world. And we quickly attribute those words to Gandhi. After all, Mahatma Gandhi came mainly to bring transformational uh, uh, change in society at great immense personal cost. It would make sense that he would have said something so classic that could be put on a bumper sticker or a coffee mug. It sounds good. It sounds wise. It sounds wonderful. But Gandhi said no such thing. 
Similarly, people do it all the time. They, they do the same thing with God and with Scripture. Uh, cleanliness is next to godliness, not in the Bible. God helps those who help themselves, not in the Bible. This too shall pass, not in the Bible. Love the sinner and hate the sin, not in the Bible. Taking God's name, y'all, in vain is trying to define God. It goes further than just cussing and swearing or posting OMG on social media. It, it, it's trying to define God. God by our own wishes and desires rather than as God defines himself in scripture and experience. Y'all, we want a God that we can control. We want a God that we can understand. We want a God that we can box. We, we want a God that we can neatly display on a coffee mug or a bumper sticker or a t-shirt, but God cannot be confined to our little genie bottles. God's names reflects God's power, and God's power can only be accessed only by knowing who God truly is. Not by affirming who we want God to be, but to know God's name is to know God's power. But you can only get God's power when you get to know the great I am who I am. Can I get a witness here? A lot of people... Use God's name the same way the enemy did in the garden. A lot of people using his name. We don't attach his name to his character, y'all. We only perpetuate the same thing the devil did. The enemy ushered in the first attack on humanity by using God's name. We too, like Satan, will be trying to redefine God by misusing the names of God. God, hear me when I say this, I really mean this. God loves you so much that he longs to be more to you than just an abstract entity to which you can refer. God knows that when you see God clearly for who God really is, you will discover the character that is embedded in the names of God and you will never view life the same way again. It will blow your mind. I'm just about through. Thank y'all for not putting the clock up on me. I'm going to take my time. God's name is glorious. God's name is holy. But here's the last point here. Here it is right quick. God's name is powerful. Say powerful. Many people don't overcome issues in their lives because they simply don't know the power in God's name in the midst of their crisis. Leave here today, beloved, empowered by knowing, if nothing else, I got a name. I'm a Marvels fan. I'm a Marvels fan. I love Marvel. And um, it was one of the, I can't remember which one it was, but, but, but Loki was fighting against the Avengers. And he was winning. He brought some people down from the aliens from another planet. And Iron Man had poured himself a drink, just chilling. Iron Man's my favorite character. He just chills. Huh? He said, you're going to lose. Loki said, oh, we're going to win. He said, what makes you think you're going to win? Iron Man said, 
we got a hulk. <laughs> when you leave here today, whatever the enemy is coming at you, you tell the enemy, we're going to win. What makes you think that? We got a God. Anybody here got a God? God will always provide a way for you to experience victory in any situation. I'm almost through, but I need to tell you and remind you what I do every week. God can bring you out of the dark into the light. That God can bring you into joy, sorrow into joy. God can bring you out of confusion into clarity. God can bring you out of misery into motivation. If you take God at his word, put some respect on God's name because putting respect on God's name empowers us to walk in his way and in his truth putting respect on God's name is the key to living the abundant life and fulfilling your divine destiny and as you respect the names of God honoring God not just with your lips but with your life you can ask God for whatever you wish and it will be done anybody believe that Anybody believe that? That you can ask God for anything you want and it will be done. Y'all don't believe that. Because if y'all did, y'all be tithing. That slipped out. Okay. Let me pull that back in. That's for another sermon. But you don't believe that. You don't believe it because I said it. But let me tell you what Jesus says in John 16 and 23. Truly, truly. Verily, verily. Ray Brown interpretation show enough show enough I say to you if you ask the father for anything in my name ask the father for anything in my name ask the father for anything in my name he will give it to you until now you have asked nothing in my name but ask and you will receive so that your joy may be full full God's name is prevailing and powerful there's power in his name God is transcendent. That, what does that mean, Pastor? He's above us. God is imminent. What does that mean? He's around us. And the better you understand God's name, uh, the better and the more you will worship God and the more you will ascribe glory to the name of God because God's name is powerful and worthy of our praise. You listen, when you come to church and you see folk emotional, don't look your nose up and down them. They just know something about the name. Okay, I'm, I'm done. Let me get this last illustration. Because football season is, is right around the corner. It's right around, some of y'all can't wait. Some of y'all have been in depression ever since Super Bowl was over. With. But if you watch football, and I got to be honest with you, I watch it, but I watch it late in the season mainly because I, I'm trying to figure out what teams are going and what teams are not. But whenever players make a great play, this happens all the time in football. Even sometimes when they're down, if a player just makes one great play, particularly when a defensive player uh, tackles a ball carrier or sack a quarterback, as soon as they make that play that's successful, their hands go up. <laughs> hands go up. And you'll see them dance around. I mean, I'm like, you still got some more game. There's still time on the clock. But... But the hands are going up and they pumping it up. 
Everybody's all excited. They're giving high fives and, and, and moving their hands and, and pumping it up. And, and here's what they're doing. So here's why I'm not going to get ex, uh, uh, upset with them no more. What they're trying to do when their hand's going up is they're trying to pump up the crowd. They're saying, we need some more volume. They're saying, we need some more noise. We, 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 we need some more participation. We need some crowd participation. The actions are really saying, join me in celebrating this great thing I just did. I just sacked the quarterback. I, I, I just trapped the halfback behind the line of script. I just broke up a play, and I'm feeling pretty good right now, but I'm feeling so good that I don't want to feel good by myself. I need some help. Would you just join me in I'm done. Some of y'all got it, some of y'all didn't. But over and over in your Bible, over and over in the scripture, God shows up in miraculous ways, ushering in victories, sacking our problems, tackling the hard difficulties, defeating the opponents, catching some winning passes, breaking through our barriers, and landing us in the end zones of life. And if you had God to reveal any aspect of divinity in your life, and if you're not too ashamed, you ought to just pump it up right now. Has he put food on your table? Did he wake you up this morning? Pump it up. Did he supply all your needs? Pump it up. Do you know that he's able? Pump it up. Did he keep you safe? Pump it up. Did he keep you sane? You ought to pump it up. Look at your neighbor and tell him he healed my body and I'm pumping it up. Are you clothed in your right mind? You ought to pump it up. What about the bills that God has paid? What about the sickness that God has healed? What about the ways that God has made? What about the battles that God has fought? Doors has opened. Sorrow's been carried. Tears been dried. Fear's been calmed. Anxiety's been alleviated. Victories have been given. What about the love, the life, and the laughter that God has bestowed? And I don't know how you feel about it and how you feel about it. But as I think of who God is and when I think about what he's done, I got to join the songwriter and say, I will bless the Lord at all times that's pumping it up his praise shall continue to be in my mouth is there anybody here that love my Jesus is there anybody here that love my Lord is there anybody here who God has been good to if he's been good to you and you're not too mean not too mad not too ashamed I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's unto 
God for our salvation. Hey, pump it up. Have I got a witness? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. And he all right. Pump it up. Put some respect on that name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth endures all generations. Pump it up. Come on and pump it up. Look at your neighbor. Give him a high five and say, you don't know like I know what the Lord has done for me. If you knew what I knew, what God has brought me through, you'd be shouting for me. But since you can't shout for me, just pump it. Come on and wherever you are right now if you can stand wherever you are right now wherever you are right now thank you Lord thank you Lord put some respect put some respect on the name I want to invite somebody who I was talking to earlier that does not have a church home. I ain't trying to put you on the spot. When you make that decision, listen, you will never regret it. I do understand people do leave churches, go to other churches, stuff like that. That happens. Um, Pastoring for 33 years this year, has shown me that the church continues to evolve. Some leave, some come. Some leave for a while and come back. Why? Because it's a church, not a cult. I ain't mad at you because you leave. I'll be mad if you stay and you mad. Cool yourself, calm down and come back when you calm and and got over yourself or got over whoever made you mad and realized you got an assignment. Yeah. I, see, some, see, some people want to leave, but they know they got an assignment. I have tried to leave. I'm going to confess. I've tried to leave this church. My mother, who has dementia right now, I called her up one day and I was telling her in code, She said, boy, what are you trying to do? She said, let me tell you something. You sit your behind down and pastor that church. But mama, 
You heard me. <laughs> I could tell my daddy because my daddy wouldn't, you know, he, he wasn't going to hear all that. She reminded me I had an assignment. That was when we were on 1518. Hadn't even bought this land, hadn't even built all this. I had no clue where God was going to take us. I was just in my feelings. I just couldn't get over myself. Folk had made, church folk can make you mad. Church folk can get under your skin. Church folk will make you forget that you got a hallelujah in your heart. <laughs> and joy in your soul. But if you could get over that, huh? You'll find that being in the church ain't nothing like being in the presence of God with his people. Because guess what? The same folk you mad at, if they going to heaven and you going to heaven, you're going to be mad up there. Y'all walking in the gate at the same time. Oh. Where, your, where your mansion at? <laughs> God put your mansion right next to the person you can't stand <laughs> so throughout all eternity <laughs> and that's a long time so that's why we got to get it together down here that's why we got to get together listen the devil is he's having a field day with America right now Crime and senseless stuff makes you wonder, is this the same country? And I thank God for the covering that he has on our city. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I believe San Antonio is blessed. We've got our issues. But when you look around what's going on around America, you trying to get out of San Antonio, go, good luck with that. Tell you like my mama told me, sit your blessed assurance down. Amen. Sister, brother, come. God is speaking to you right now. I believe you were here today to receive this invitation. You've got an assignment on your life. It's about time that you walk in that. When you walk in your assignment, everything else is going to fit. Everything else is going to come together. Will you trust God for that? Will you come? We got brothers and sisters who want to help you and assist you wherever you are right now. Maybe you're here with your family. Maybe you're here with a friend. Maybe you're here with a boo. I don't know who you're here with, but trust God right now, sister. Trust God right now, brother. Come on. Let God, let God, let God have his way. Come on. I see you. Amen. Deacons, deacons. Amen. They're walking with you. I see Somebody else, somebody else, trust God right now, wherever you are. Come on, brother. God bless you, man. God bless you. Amen. God bless you. God bless you, brother. God bless you. God bless you, sister. God, oh, come on. You, you need to make more noise than that. They're moving. They're moving fast. Would you trust God today? Mm -hmm -hmm. You have an assignment. The struggle is over.
Bless you, brother. Come on. Amen. God bless you, man. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God bless you, sister. Amen. God bless you, sister. Little one. Amen. 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 one more somebody else who is God speaking to the struggle is over you don't have to struggle no more we're still waiting on you we're still waiting on you it one more time. Somebody else is still trying to make up their mind. Everybody say it together. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. God bless you. Come on, come on. God bless you. Come on. Ah, hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Mm-mm-mm. Make some... Come on, pump it up. This is a good time to pump it up. Whoa. Struggle is over. God bless you. God bless you. The struggle is over. Keep on. I think there's still one more. Sing it one more time. This, this one is for you. God some praise for those who have come down today. You may be seated. Keep that up on the screen for a moment. Amen. That's on the screen to remind you that you can even right now can join this church. And I promise you, once you text join to 830-689-8074. Amen. Just put your glasses on if you can't see it. Amen. I'm still struggling. Amen. What a great day in the Lord. Amen. We still got some more worship. Amen. Are we ready for communion? Amen. We're going to do the communion before the offering. After. Communion is after offering. Amen. Lock the doors real quick. Amen. I um, I feel convicted to ask everybody for your W-2s and 1099. <laughs> Listen, 
Giving is a personal thing. It's a personal thing. It's a personal, it's between you and the Lord. But it's also how you worship God. You know, in the Bible, they didn't have the tangible money that we have today. So they would bring different kinds of offerings. But they always brought in worship a tenth of what God had blessed them with. It's a biblical thing. There are people who tell you that's Old Testament. But Jesus says, you have tithe and those things you have ought to have done. Jesus said it. Jesus confirmed that tithing is appropriate in the church. So don't let nobody, if anybody tells you that it's not, then you got to ask them, then why did Jesus say it? And when does it say stop tithing? Never says that. I believe in grace giving, but grace giving does not mean stop tithing. Grace giving means tithe and some more grace. Tithing is the minimum. You haven't really even started to give until you tithe. I've taken some people out to restaurants, these preachers that came to town. I didn't just walk out because I left a tip. You can't even give a tip until you pay the bill. I dare you to call, I dare you, I dare you to call Netflix and tell them I tipped you last month. Why y'all cut me off? Y'all be looking at me. I know y'all got Netflix and Hulu and all that. You know, it's okay to have those things, but put God first. This is your church. I'm your pastor. It's my job to help share with you things that will convict you about your Christ. Amen. It will bless you. I, I, I pray that we become a tithing and giving church. We have far too many people who are connected and affiliated with this church who can do better. Amen. And I can tell you could do better because y'all real quiet right now. I'm not fussing. I ain't even begging. I'm asking that you would get excited when it's giving time. You ought to pump it up. Amen. Amen. I, I see something. Church going to be empty next week. Amen. I ain't coming back. Amen. So, 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 he, so here's how we can do it here at Resurrection. Many different ways. Um, mm-hmm. Many different ways. Um, uh, you can do it through push pay. You can text RBC1 to 77977. Is that right? Follow the instructions and that will help you there you can give it in the sanctuary uh you can drop it off before you leave um you can give it to any deacon amen if anybody looks suspicious do not give it to them amen they ain't there yet amen look keep looking straight because you might be sitting next to somebody right now (laughs) they still they still working on it okay amen so let me say it one more time it's giving time Bow your heads, Father, we thank you for these gifts that we're about to receive. Bless them and bless those who give, those who gave. Bless it for the building of thy kingdom here on this earth. Thank you again for those who have come and connected with, first of all, you, Lord, and connected with this church. We ask your blessings. In Jesus' name we pray. For thy sake, amen. Come on, Sister Joe. Are you doing the communion? I'm doing the communion. Listen. I am so blessed to have all these ministers to assist me now. Amen. They know what to do. 
you're blessed as a church. Jesus had 12 people who were assisting him. And one Thursday evening, they were having and celebrating a traditional feast meal, a supper. One that they had commemorated before, but this time it was different. It was different because the elements that they were using symbolically represented something else. The bread and the wine. Jesus knew that it was not going to be long before he would have to leave them and that there was going to be one even on that day that would betray him. But the Apostle Paul caught that picture and he painted it and said on that evening he took the bread and he broke it and he said this do in remembrance of me he told him the bread represents my body which will be broken for you but then he said something that really blew their mind he said this wine represents my blood fast forward Andre Crouch wrote a song the blood will never lose its power mm -mm 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 -mm. for over 2,000 years that blood was shed 2,000 years ago and that blood still works it saved you it saved me and it keeps right on saving. Someone said it reaches the highest mountains. Flows through the lowest valleys. The blood. That Jesus shed. Mm -mm -mm. It gives us strength from day. To day. It will never lose its power. Drink it in remembrance of me. Oh, it's power. It's power. It reaches to the highest mountains. Oh, it reaches to the high.
put our vision statement upon the screen. Let us be dismissed with these words from our vision statement. Amen. As soon as they put it up on the screen. Next Sunday also, don't forget, is back to school Sunday. Amen. We're going to be celebrating with our children. Amen. Is that what they was going to put on the screen first and I messed it up? Okay. All right. Y'all need to start giving me scripts. Amen. Y'all probably sent it to me and I just didn't look at it. Here it is. We have a vision, y'all, that's uniquely ours. And our vision says that we are what? Servants of Christ. Developing who share. May God bless you and may God keep you. For all the prayer warriors, we'll meet in the back. If there's anyone who needs to remain for prayer, we'll meet you back there. Amen. God bless you. We love you.